Hey, Patrick. What, Jackie? Is it normal that nursing also conducts research? I think it is. Our guest today is Dr. Susan Weber Buholz, and she is our Associate Dean for Research at Michigan State University College of Nursing. She oversees the Center for Nursing Research, Scholarship, and Innovation at the college. She is an adult nurse practitioner and is currently the president of the National Organization of Nurse Practitioner Faculties. She is a National Institute of Health-funded health promotion researcher where she studies how to use physical activity, wearables, and mHealth technology to promote physical activity young, mid-age, and older adults. Dr. Buholz, along with her team in the center, are working to expand research and scholarship across the College of Nursing with a goal of transforming nursing research across the lifespan. So Dr. Buholz, tell us a little bit about nursing research, and that's a big topic, but what, what makes research particularly nursing-focused? So that is a very, very big question. You are correct. It's a great question, and we actually get some super guidance on this from the National Institute of Nursing Research. So the National Institute of Nursing Research is part of the National Institutes of Health, and it's the one that obviously focuses very specifically on what nurses can offer in that realm. And they recently updated their strategic plan and gave us a lot of guidance on what to look for. And this is going to sound familiar to to both of you as nurses um, and to, to everyone out there that's a nurse, because this really is who we are about. And they're focusing on health equity, our social determinants of health, population and community health, prevention and health promotion, and systems and models of care. So those are five research lenses that they're focusing on that makes this particularly unique to nursing. Now, those are, those are pretty big terms, right? Yes, yes. I mean, so you have to really break them down and think about what it means. But it's really looking at where the individual is, where they live, the context in which they receive health care, and how do we improve that? How do we optimize their health care where they are at that moment? Because as we know, nursing, of course, is the largest health workforce globally, right? Mm-hmm. We make up over 50% of all of the healthcare workforce. And so we're out there. We're out there at every level taking care of patients. So this spans very broadly to really include those different areas that we touch with nursing. That's a great answer and a relieving one because I thought you were going to make us read Fawcett and talk about the meta paradigm on our podcast. <laughs> meta paradigm is still very important. Very important. We could talk about that. But. It's a different episode. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so digging deeper into nursing research. So how can we break it down for our everyday listeners? How does that matter to me at the bedside? These sound amazing. And yet how... How does that make a difference to me as a one person? So I always say that nursing research, we base 
at least from from quantitative research, right, we base it on numbers and percentages. But as a nurse and as a nurse practitioner, I know that when I deliver information to, to my patients and, I, and I'll say, for instance, I'm ordering um, a diagnostic test, right? And I know that the nursing research, the healthcare research tells me that there is a certain percentage that the likelihood of them having maybe a pretty serious diagnosis based on that test is a certain percent, right? Um, so say say that it's, it's small, it's only 10% or even less, 5% that it's likely they have that. But if they end up having that diagnosis, that 5% or 10% or whatever it is, it then actually for them becomes 100% mm-hmm. because it's them. Right. So the one becomes 100%. So it's important because research guides us to provide the absolute best care that we can, uh, all, of, all of research from the bench, um, you know, from our labs where it starts, um, to the bedside out into our communities, into our healthcare agencies. So it's important to us because it guides us in our decisions and it helps us make the best decisions that we can from what we call an evidence-based approach. In other words, we're looking, and evidence-based is much more than just the research, but it's bringing in the research and understanding what is the best route of care. So when that 5% becomes 100% because you are the person or Mm -hmm. it's your family member, then we know that we have the best information available to help you make the decision that's best for you and your family. Do you have some examples of some some nursing research that's, that's making an impact that maybe patients have experienced? Well, certainly, I mean, right here within our College of Nursing, we have great examples of people that are making a difference, right? Um, We have had uh, senior researchers here that have dedicated decades of their research career to oncology or cancer research and developing work that can be used within the cancer communities to improve the care of the patients, the quality of life, their symptoms, and to also really help uh, improve the lives of the caregivers. Um, So that work has been based on decades of work by just really now internationally known researchers here in the College of Nursing, uh, Dr. Given and Dr. Wyatt, as well as others that have done extraordinary work. We are doing that. We're trying to get it set so that we can get it to the point where it can see what works. We can see what works the best at the lowest cost that people will actually use that makes sense to them and get that out to them in their everyday lives. I hear sometimes from various members of the public or from academic circles that nursing research can be a little bit invisible. Do you agree with that? No, I don't think it's invisible. No, 
I think it's wrapped up as it should be into mm-hmm. teams. I think nursing has an obligation, and it's something we're really focusing on here at Michigan State University College of Nursing of trying to help all of our nurse researchers and scholars get their work out there mm-hmm. into a couple of different places, journals that are beyond nursing. We've got to talk to people beyond nursing. We do a great job talking to our massive workforce of 4 million right here in in the nation. It's a gift of people in our media that are able to take our work and say, here is how it makes sense on social media and um, out there to our alumni and out there to our community members. So it's a matter of taking that work, getting it into language that makes sense, um, I've always found once once a person, and you two have probably found this both too, as advanced practice registered nurses that and, and nurses that that once a person has a, a diagnosis or a healthcare condition, mm-hmm. you know they they become very interested. I think if we're doing our job as as scholars in nursing, the, the patients shouldn't shouldn't necessarily be aware. They should just be getting the best, most current care that's personalized for them. And that's how we know we're really doing our job. The other really important piece of this uh, is it's policy, right? We have to learn, well, we are, uh, we actually have a lot of great nurses, a lot of great advanced practice registered nurses out there in our nation that are leading the efforts to speak to those who are in policy mm-hmm. uh, and about getting the information that is rigorously done, right, and refuting information that's given to policymakers, it's not mm-hmm. rigorously done, then that happens too, right? So we have to really be aware. So we need to be available to our local um, and our, our state, our, our federal uh, policy makers to be able to inform them with information uh, that, quickly makes sense that we know is as accurate um, and, and rigorously done, correctly done, right? The other thing that we have to focus more on, I believe, in nursing is cost effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Yes. We don't always think about that, depending on where we are. Um, some of us in, in, in nursing do, because some of us, our practice really is, is very intertwined with really understanding the economics. But my recent research with National Institute of Nursing Research, I have a cost-effectiveness aim. Um, we're in the process of analyzing that. I, I don't have the results yet. But we felt it was important. We knew from the work we had done that the interventions we were doing would be effective. We just wanted to see what was the most effective, but we also want to see what is the most cost-effective, right, per dollar. Because we, of course, I think it's it's no secret that the United States has the position of being um, the highest spender mm-hmm. on healthcare dollars, with really some of the some of the poorest health outcomes which continues to uh, challenge us all, and research is a part of that. So we have an obligation to be sure that when we're doing this work, that we get it out there to not only our our folks in practice, but also to those in policy. Absolutely. And that's part of actually the the whole mission, too, of the National Institute of Nursing Research. They're focusing on that as well now. Yeah. I'm glad that we're focusing on that. It seemed like for a while, it, you know, with healthcare, and that's why we're in the, the problem that we're in, where it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. 
um, that we're really putting the focus on, yes, it's effective, and yes, this is cost-effective. And not only short-term, but long-term. What does this look like? Because we can make anything cheap now, but in the long run, it's actually going to cost us more or vice versa. So it's really good that, that we're looking at that. Yeah. Looking at quality of life outcomes as well. Quality of life. Because just because it's statistically better does not mean it adds quality of life. Right, right. And I think as nurses, we're probably most familiar with what quality of life looks like, right? Because we're taking care of those people every day um, at the bedside and and within the home. The other thing that really, really is an important part of nursing research is prevention, health prevention and health Mm -hmm. promotion. You want to talk about cost effectiveness. It starts there. It starts there. And it starts with the things that we, I think, probably all know as a nurse researcher and as a nurse practitioner. That's something I think we're really good about in nursing, listening carefully to our patients and the families about what works, but getting people just to, to walk more and eat healthier right? Mm -hmm. Um, Stop smoking or smoke less, right? Um, Think about how they handle their stress and other other areas that we all know well. Those are areas that are very, very important to nursing. And a couple areas that we actually really have a lot of researchers here at uh, the College of Nursing working on right now. Got me on my soapbox on that. That's that's the idea. (laughs) One of the things that uh, you hear a lot is that Research takes about 17 years from the bench to the bedside. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's speeding up? What do you think the remedy to that is? Oh, boy, that's a lot of questions. We have one hour. So. <laughs> that is a really, really great question. Yeah, so it still is a big concern, right? Mm-hmm. There's a big push um, from at the national level to try to get that research out there that is, uh, we know works and is sustainable. As you probably both know, I'm, I'm a big believer in literature reviews, and that's an area that I work hard on. There's actually been a tremendous amount of research done globally. Just unbelievable. There are there's so many talented scientific and healthcare teams across the globe uh, that it is just when, when I read their work, it's just so humbling, and it's so awesome at the same time to see, right? And if you're able to do what we call literature review, so that means going out and taking a look at um, what's in the scientific literature, part of it is what we call a meta-analysis, which just simply means bringing all the numbers in one study together and lining them up statistically to see what works, what doesn't work, and what are the factors that play into that. We also have the ability, though, to take work that goes beyond the numbers and synthesize that as well. But taking the studies that have been out there and then putting them into literature reviews, those literature reviews, so they are looking at many different studies from all across the globe with very, very, very strict criteria, right? It takes takes a while to do one. Once those get out to print, those really get cited, because it informs our practice people, our researchers, other researchers, our practice people. It informs our policy people. And it really should inform the public, too. And so I would hope that that will help to shorten that time frame, as well as the funding requirements about you have to be able to show um, how that work can be sustained, right, and how it can can be out into the community, at least into the future. So I think that those things coupled together will hopefully shorten that time frame. And I do think that 
the one piece that's really, really missing from our healthcare literature reviews is an abstract for the public, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. About the research and what makes sense. So why does this work? Why is it important to me? And so that people can pick that up and also look at a summary. And in some places, we do, we do actually have that, and that's emerging more often. Now we're starting to see that, the public health statements that people can pick up. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, the things that I was involved in during the height of the pandemic, so I was involved with um, some other scholars, and we did an integrated review of team nursing and delegation because we were seeing a lot of, you know, how do we – how do we staff this safely? How do we provide the best care while doing this? And so a team of us got together. We looked at all the literature. It took a while to put it together. And instead of taking it 17 years, you know, we're seeing that in practice now. So two years later, I'm seeing the team nursing happening, the different ways we can delegate how care is provided because COVID has forced our hands to really think differently. How do we move differently? How do we take care of our patients? And so just kind of speaking to what you're saying about literature reviews and meta-analysis, how can hospital organizations really use what's best available in research right now has been tried, studied, and true, and then looking at what worked well, what didn't work well, and what were some things that kind of came out in the wash? Like it didn't really make that big of a difference, but do what you want with this information, and these are our recommendations. It's really, it's really rewarding to see that in actual practice. So I'm seeing that it's at one of the places where I practice, and I know that it's been um, cited in some other journals too, um, of the work that that we were able to do. So I'm quite, quite proud of that. But it is, it is nice to see kind of how things that you've done circling back and being put into practice. Well, and the work that you're doing, Dr. Eisler, is so critical uh, because these are the nurses Mm -hmm. and and the other healthcare team members, right, Right. that are really seeing the issues. They're addressing them um, with their projects, with their studies. They're finding answers quickly. They're they're being informed by the research, but they're getting those answers quickly. What we have to do, what we have an obligation to do, Mm -hmm. really, as those of us who are nursing faculty and nurse researchers have an obligation to get that out there mm-hmm. into the global literature. Yes. Right? Yes. So that other people know what's working uh, and uh, how, that, how that was uh, developed. And that's just so, so critical. Uh, but this trend has really, really increased over the last several years. More and more um, big literature reviews, even smaller ones, are now available in open access yes. so that, that everybody has, and, and everybody, healthcare workers in every country, have yes. if they can access the internet, right, mm-hmm. can access this literature. So there's been a, um, some equity happening yes. there. The other big change I think that's going to help, too, is uh, just, just last month in January, um, all federal research, we had to have put in a data management sharing plan for National Institutes of Health, right? Now, what does that mean? data management sharing plan, pretty big term, but it means that, so next study that I do, that I have to put that database, it's it's what we call de-identified, so there's no way you can know who the person is um, who gave those results, uh, and it's all, it's, it's uh, de-identified data that is out there, so you can't know, but the 
but the numbers are there, right? So now we're going to have a chance. Big data is a part of the focus of National Institutes of Health. Our big data scientists now are going to have access within several years of these databases. It is going to change the way we look at things because one of the things that we really struggle with in research as a whole is we don't get we're not always able to really do those um, sub, we call subgroups. So meaning different groups of people. We're not always, we don't always have enough numbers to do that research. But you bring all that research together, you bring different studies from hospitals all across the country together, right? And that data comes out. It's going to really help us. It comes back again to, you know, my favorite, right? Literature review. And synthesis, right? Mm -hmm. Because why repeat something that's already been done? Exactly. Yeah, when the work's already been done. So what do you think are the big trends in nursing research? What are you seeing right now? You talked about a couple that I'm aware of, which are open access journals, sharing of data sets, et cetera. But what's exciting you? What's new out there? Well, I certainly think, I don't know so much Dr. Crane, if it's new or if it's just building on what we already do really well, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think it's more and more getting into where those individuals are at. Yeah. Um, and it comes back down to, you know, what I've always taught my students. I, I can deliver the best healthcare plan based on the evidence and, and, and really think it through. But unless it makes sense to the person in their context, it's not going to work that well, right? So I think it's really looking at people, where they're at, in their communities, in their homes, in their lives, and what makes a difference to them and their families. So it's taking this really, really broad knowledge, and it's, it's tailoring it to what makes sense for each of them. Um, so that uh, definitely, we are really, really working hard on the health disparities uh, mm-hmm. avenue. Uh, deeply, deeply concerned about that across the lifespan in every, um, certainly in, in every area of health and, and uh, very specifically in the National Institute of Nursing Research. We've got to be talking to everybody, all the stakeholders. So uh, we have to hear what everyone is saying to see what's most important. Because despite all the resources we've poured into this, we're still finding challenges with disparities in so many areas of health. So I would hope that we can begin to really, really change that. So I'm a bedside nurse. How do I, how do I contribute to nursing research? Do you have to have a PhD? How can I be, how can I help? So because you are a nurse, in my book, you are a nurse scientist. And therefore, being a part of teams, mm-hmm. being aware of what you are seeing that you know works and getting that out there to the people in your organization that can work with you. Organization that you're working with also has an obligation mm-hmm. to help, right? Yes, they to do. To really provide the resources, the time, and the funding um, to help those extraordinary bedside nurses get that work out there. And that's something we have a great opportunity with Henry Ford Health, Michigan Mm -hmm. State University Partnership, and helping to lead that effort here um, between nursing at both places. 
and bringing together the teams that can get that nursing work out there. I like that you mentioned it, it's an obligation because it is within our nursing code of ethics that all parties involved need to be involved and provide those resources. I think that's critical. And I know that hospitals that are going for a magnet designation or redesignation have actually raised the bar for nursing research. So making sure that hospitals are being recognized for the great environment that they provide their nurses and their patients. But that's not the primary reason. The primary reason is because this is important. This is how we improve patient care. This is how we improve the environment that nurses are working in. Uh, But it's good to have other organizations also recognize that and say, yes, this is important. And we do need to raise the bar. We need to make this scene. We need to make sure that nursing research is also being seen. So appreciate it. Ready for the hardest question of the evening? Oh man, yes. Are you? Okay, take a deep breath. Nice and slow. All right, I need you to hop in the time machine. I need you to go back like 20 years to a functioning mall. What are you getting in the mall food court? Oh, that's such a good question. Hard day of shopping. Well, so I had, I want to know what high school boo holes would be getting at the mall. <laughs> I never had a lot of spending money, so I don't think I bought any food at the mall. <laughs> and my kids, I probably, we probably found the place that had the best deal. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I don't even remember now. Or knowing me, I might have packed our lunches. All right. Eisler, where are you going? I like the mall. I don't want to say the name of the place, but they sell the cheesesteak sandwiches. Oh, okay. Those. You're fancy. I am so fancy because I like the bread. I like the meat. I like the cheese and yeah. the mushrooms. Yeah. I'm going to the um, uh, not-to-be-named pretzel shop. Yes. You get the pretzel, you get the cream cheese. Yes. Not an intuitive dipper for a pretzel, <laughs> but uh, buttery, salty, yes. perfect in every way. We are out of time, but a, a kind of cool local fact here in Lansing, Michigan. So the Lansing Mall was designed by the architect that created the, the concept of a mall. Totally not related in any kind of a comp, uh, apocalypse. I'm watching last of us right now the mall would be the place because it has the food the clothing and it usually has like the bed place right so you get <laughs> linens you're concerned about linens during the zombie apocalypse i like how you're thinking 300 thread count <laughs> smart move thank you again dr buchholz for joining us on this episode of is this normal the Michigan State University College of Nursing podcast. If you're interested in further information about the College of Nursing, our website is www.nursing.msu.edu. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at M-I-C-H-S-T nursing. (laughs) And remember to wash your hands. (laughs) 